For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! A football Friday edition of Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac. That would be John McMullen. And Jody McDonald here hanging with you. We got a couple of good guests coming your way over the next couple of hours. Uh, J-Mac, it almost feels like a spring Friday. We haven't had enough of those this year. We're still hanging in the winter and the fall weather-wise, but today it looks like it's going to be real nice. Uh, Yeah, but then it's going to jump right into the oppressive heat. So it's one of those things where you got to go straight from the heater to the air conditioning. It's no fun. Uh, It's going to be 97, Jody, on Saturday. 97 tomorrow? 97 on on Saturday. And it's good because we have noted weatherman Howard Eskin on in the second hour. So. Well, Good way to have, start the show. Talking, we might have talking. to ask Howard a couple of weather questions. Yeah, man, he's he, he, is he, he did the weather. Opinion. He'll tell you he did the weather. He is of strong opinion on uh, how the people do the weather. I go outside and uh, uh, hang out for like thirty seconds. That's how I judge what the weather is going to be. That worked better than checking out any meteorologist predictions. Just easier to go outside. And I were outside this morning. Damn, it was nice. Uh, but we're inside today for the next two hours to talk Eagles football. <clears throat> Uh, certainly still evaluating what the addition of James Bradbury means to the Philadelphia Eagles. What it means to me, uh, maybe more than anything else, John, is Howie Roseman has done an outstanding job 
of checking off things on his to-do list since the end of the year. The year ended with a pretty good beatdown down in Tampa, making the playoffs, having a winning season in a transitional year as deemed by the owners was a pretty damn good accomplishment and a, a, a successful season in my mind, but they wanted to up the uh, tempo for this upcoming year. And despite the fact that Jeff Laurie said they're trying to serve two masters, uh, improve for 2022, but also keep an eye on the long-term future of the Philadelphia Eagles uh, move like Bradbury kind of pushes more chips in toward the 2022 pile which Howie Roseman's done an outstanding job with his to-do list, um, needed to upgrade, got it done. Started the offseason, needed to upgrade on the edge, got it done with Hassan Reddick. Needed uh, to improve uh, versatility and athleticism at the linebacker position, got it done with Kazir White. Depth, the draft, the Jurgens, and the Jacoby Deans. Now, you know how much I like Jacoby Dean. I think he's going to be a long-term major piece for the Philadelphia Eagles to get him in the third round just a stone-cold steal, uh, getting a actual nose tackle to improve, run defense, got that done with their first-round pick, Jordan Davis. There seems to be one more thing on the to-do list, and it's the other starting safety position. As of right now, it's uh, Marcus Epps, who will step up from a substitutional role to a, uh, a starting role. You and I both kind of think – He's the stronger of the two safeties the Eagles have as their two starters. Yeah, I don't think right he's now. the other safety. Yeah, I think uh, he's not the other safety. But, yeah, I get your point. I think it'll be – if they do get an upgrade, I think Anthony Harris is the one, you know, who knows. I mean, they they don't even pay Anthony enough to say if you go out and get a high-profile safety that he's going to make the 53-man roster because – you know, is he going to help on special teams and all that kind of stuff? Um, so, yeah, I I kind of think Marcus is more entrenched than than Anthony. A couple people agree with me. Bo Wolf uh, agreed with me yesterday. We had him on the show. Most people don't agree with me, but we'll see how it shakes out. Um, but I, I get where people are saying, all right, now it's on to safety. And I get the two names. We've been talking about one of them a lot. I think Clark makes more sense if he can make a trade than going and making the big splash for a franchise-level player, um, and that would be um, um, Cincinnati's. Mike, I'm, I'm Jesse losing. Bates. Uh, yeah, Jesse Bates. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It seems to me, I think about what the Eagles, the Eagles kind of foreshadowed or, or highlighted what they want in the safety by going after Marcus Williams. And and they were willing to go over $10 million a year for Marcus Williams, which is sort of out of, out of character. So on one hand, they've proven, Jody, that they'll go after a safety they think is valuable to them. On the other hand, I think they think that the safeties that are valuable are, are the coverage safeties, the guys who uh, are going to play center field that have tremendous range uh, as opposed to the the more box safety, the more Malcolm Jenkins type for, for local fans, um, the guy who's uh, going to play near the line of scrimmage, the guy who's going to be more physical. That's the way I kind of feel. Um so I, I don't know if Jesse Bates – I, I think Jesse Bates is more of 
closer to the latter than the former, closer to Malcolm Jenkins than Marcus Williams. So I'm not sure he's the type of safety that they want to would want to go 10 million plus for, and they'd have to go even higher for him. They'd have right. to go in the 13, 14 million range, most likely average annual value. I'm not sure that's the type of player they want. Now you could say the same thing about Clark as well, but he's not going to be as expensive. So to me, it's more of an upgrade. And by the way, Marcus Epps and Anthony Harris are more center field types. So there's a compliment aspect to this as well. um, In that if you get the box safety, you don't have to do as much finagling around as if you get um, the two center fielders, so to speak, which is kind of what the Eagles have right now. If that makes sense. The reason uh, you you and I are on the same page about if you're ranking the current safeties under contract to the Philadelphia Eagles, who do I think is a more talented player right now? Yeah, I'm going to say Marcus Epps. The reason why I think if one of them is to be replaced and and become just a a fill-in type safety uh, that I think it still could be more Epps than Harris is the veteran aspect of it and the leader of the defense aspect of it. Harris did some of that last year when uh, McLeod was out of the lineup. They don't have your main linebacker position. T.J. Edwards has not been that during his tenure with the Philadelphia Eagles. Somebody's got to be the quote-unquote captain of the defense with the speaker in his helmet, and I think Harris is more likely to do that than Epps. Uh, Do you think the Eagles put as much emphasis as I'm putting on it the guy who was in communication with the coaching staff, calling signals, the guy in the huddle. Um, do you think that plays a factor in a decision? If the Eagles were to get another safety, and oh, by the way, I'm with you, it, it will not be Jesse Bates. The Eagles just can't play in that market right now. Um, but if they were to go out and try and get another safety, and one of the guys who right now we list as one of the two Eagles starters becomes a uh, situational substitution guy, um, does the fact that Harris has been there, done that, already been the starter, already had that role, help him keep it. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's the argument for him. The veteran player, the steady presence, um, knows Jonathan Gannon's defense better than most people on this particular team uh, because he was with him before as well. Um, So, yeah. I mean, you know, the old school, the green dot is what they call it these days, the, the player with the green dot on his helmet. Um, you know, typically would be the, the old school, uh, middle linebacker, the Mike linebacker, but you know, most Mike linebackers don't play three downs. So a lot of people have shifted it towards safety. Um, and, but one thing, you know, we talked to Avante Maddox, um, this week and he raved about how smart Marcus Epps is. So you start to see that developing. Uh, about his football IQ, and the Eagles have done it as well. Um, So I think they see him as that type. Now, is he ready to do it? I remember when uh, Jordan Hanks got hurt and Jim Schwartz was here, and we made a big deal out of it because Jordan was a three-down linebacker at that point. Um, And they gave the green dot to Nigel Bradham, and we're like, was Nigel going to be – we made – you know, there's about 150 stories. Is Nigel going to be able to do this? And, And Jim was like, you know, 
I'm basically just giving them the call. <laughs> and I mean, you just tell the players what I call. So he kind of downplayed it. Um, you know, if, if, if it were a dead even competition, maybe that would be the thing that tilts you in one direction. But I, I don't think coordinators um, think it's as big as it used to be um, when maybe there were more adjustments and maybe you scale back. And now it's more of, I hate to say college-like, but it's more college-like. You just, you you radio what you want in the helmet and, and they just relay it. It's not as much audible, uh, sort of audible from a defensive perspective as it used to be. Not as big a deal. Okay. Um, that's Jim Schwartz take. I don't know what Gannon's take would be. Uh, it, it changes with the guy who's actually calling the signal. I do put a level of importance on it still. Um, and oh, by the way, if you're looking at 2023 and beyond, oh, Nicobe Dean, it's going to be that guy. He's not going to be it this year because he's a rookie and he's going to play as much as he's going to play. I think in the second half of the season, it could be a major amount. Uh, and if they wanted to make a change on the fly, they might do it. Uh, he won't start in that role at the beginning of the season. But going forward, don't kid yourself. I think he's going to be a, a three-down linebacker, and I think he's going to be a guy who's going to be getting the signals uh, going forward. But we do need to figure out the start of this year. And I really don't believe it's going to be Jesse Bates. You already kind of laid it out. He's going to want to become the highest-paid safety in football. Not not above and beyond what the Ravens are uh, putting on the table right now with the franchise tag. Oh, no, he's going to want to surpass Jamal Adams as the highest paid safety, which is knocking up at $15 million a year, which is knocking up on $40 million guaranteed. Oh, that's what it's going to take. And then, oh, by the way, you got to acquire him from Cincinnati. So you got to give something up. It's the same exact thing they did with A.J. Brown. They yeah. knew they were going to have to meet Tennessee's price to just give the player up. And then they were going to have to go to the levels they went to to get him signed. Oh, Jesse Bates is going to be too expensive. I know he's a very good player. And people are now having tons of confidence in Howie Roseman that he can get anything done because he's had the offseason that he's had. This is one he's not going to be able to get done, John. The Eagles well, just aren't in <clears throat> position to do it. You know, I, I agree with you in the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you mentioned Adams, and you also look at uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, recent safeties that were traded, high-level safeties, and they both got first-round picks. In the case of Adams, it uh, was two first-round picks. Um, so that's kind of where you set the price on top before you even get to the money. Um, so I don't think the Eagles would want to go there for that particular position. Now I said the same thing about receiver and I was wrong. So I get the people are, you know, who want to say, well, they did it there. So, uh, and that's fair. If they like a player, one thing Howie has told me behind the scenes, if they like a player, again, I talk about evaluation, they'll go get them. If they like the player, if they think the player is a difference maker, and that could be at any position. I often bring up Christian McCaffrey. They would have drafted Christian McCaffrey in the first round of the draft, that running back. That's how much they like that particular player. So there are guys, even at positions you wouldn't think of, linebacker. I don't know who, but some year, if there's somebody who they think is so unique, the 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 so-called unicorn, 
they will draft that player, even though he's a linebacker. Um, so I don't think Bates is that player for them, and and that's why I brought it up at the start, and and we'll see if I'm right or wrong on that. But the second part that leaves the door a little bit open when you start comparing Adams or Fitzpatrick, Cincinnati. I talk about it all the time. Cincinnati is legitimately cheap. They don't like to spend money. They drafted a safety. So everybody's putting two and two together um, and saying, well, yeah, but it's Cincinnati. They're not going to hold the, the, the fort like, like uh, the Jets would or, or Miami would for Adams, Fitzpatrick. They might be willing to give a little bit of a discount just to get the headache off their plate. Is that the case? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. But that's why people look at Cincinnati and say, well, yeah, but it's Cincinnati. And maybe they just want to get out of it. Yeah, but I'll, I'll go this route with, yeah, but it's Cincinnati. Carson Palmer sit out an entire year? Um, No, he didn't sit out the entire year. Um, he, he got traded. Did he get traded in midseason? Yeah. 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 Okay. He's, he's but he sat all the way through camp and missed games. And Cincinnati said, hey, if you don't want to play, we're not going to force you to play. Uh, they, they, when they need to, can go hard line. And I think there's a real good chance that Bates isn't there for the beginning of training camp or whenever uh, it gets underway. Uh, Cincinnati is not one that always budges for uh, players and says, okay, we got to fold now. We got to make sure we get out. No, well, it's not the fold as far as the player, Jody. I meant the fold as far as the money and quarterbacks. I'd like, I don't, quarterbacks are different because you know the value of a quarterback. Um, I never like to compare positional players to, to quarterbacks. um, Right. And they held, they held tight on a quarterback. So they'll hold tight on a safety for sure. Well, no, my my thought my thought is it, it's far easier to hold on a quarterback than a safety. Is is easier? My yeah, a safety. I, 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 everybody wants a quarterback. Everybody, especially one like Carson Palmer. Everybody's looking for. Oh, you're talking holding for the asking price. Yeah, I'm talking holding, caving, and and giving the player what he wants as far as the contract goes. Now, yeah, I'm 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 talking for an asking price. Um, okay. If, if if the Bengals uh, decide, look, we just don't want the player, um, you know, I I don't I I'm I'm I don't think it's going to happen. I I'm saying people open the door, keep the door open a little ajar because of the way Cincinnati runs their organization. I talk about it all the time with the scouts. They run their organization, shoestring budget. That's just what they do. Um, And that's why people, and I've seen this written in a few places and say, well, it's a little bit different with Cincinnati, but I, I, and that's why they leave the door open. So there's a number of strikes here. I don't think the Eagles are going to evaluate the player to where they want to give up a high level draft pick plus 15 million a year. Uh, number two, um, I do think Cincinnati has gotten smarter over the years. They made it to the stinking Super Bowl. They're not what they used to be. Now, part of that is luck with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and being at the top of the draft. But I think they have gotten smarter with Duke Tobin. And he's you know winning executive of the year awards with his six scouts. So he knows what he's stinking doing. Um, so I think it's very, very unlikely 
I'm only saying that's why people bring it up. And I think Cincinnati's changed from that aspect, at least from an evaluation standpoint. They have a very smart, very, very good general manager. And even though he doesn't have a support staff, I don't think he's going to make mistakes like that. Right. So it's a minimum of first round draft pick in exchange, even if um, teams are trying to hold the Bengals up. I don't think they're going to pack it in and just say, well, we got to take what we got to take and we got to move on. No, they're the defending AFC champions. This is not we're in a rebuild mode and we can be a little bit softer on our asking price. I think it's going to be hard and fast. I think it's going to be uh, well into camp before this thing gets decided. And I got bad news for the Eagle fans. If they're dying to get their hands on Jesse Bates and plug them into the Eagle secondary, I just don't think the Eagles are going there. And more so, not because of the asking price of the first-round pick, which, oh, by the way, let's remember again, the Eagles have two next year. They have the Saints first-round draft pick. I think it's the money aspect of it. We don't know how they're going to structure the uh, Bradbury deal and how much cap room they actually have left. Howie Roseman also realizes anytime you do one of these let's squeeze them in deals, that means you're renegotiating contracts with other players to open up cap space. If you're going to get Jesse Bates, you're going to have to do a contract extension with him. And then you can only reduce that first year so much if you're giving him a ton of money in guaranteed signing bonuses and the like. What's he going to sign a nine year contract and (laughs) spread it out over nine years? And then when you move on from him, you take this massive cap hit. We know the Eagles are willing to do that because they did it with Carson Wentz. But that does make your uh, going into that season very difficult. I just don't think the Eagles are going to get involved in this market, John. No, I agree. And, uh, you know, they just don't value the position that much. And for them to pay that money at that position, they have to think it's a, a unicorn level player a Christian McCaffrey type unique level player at that particular position. I don't think they're going to evaluate Jesse Bates as that. I think Marcus Williams is the ceiling of what they would pay somebody at that position. And I think they want a center fielder more than a box safety. So for all those tea leaves, I do not think uh, Jesse Bates is a fit for the Eagles. At, at what he is going to cost. All right. Coming up next here on Birds 365, the first of our two guests. We've got two good ones coming on. Um, for, uh, our football author and NFL Hall of Fame voter, Jason Cole, been on with us previously here on Birds 365. Always does a great job, is uh, hopping on with us. And we'll talk uh, both Eagles and the entire National Football League with Jason. And then in hour number two, Howard Eskin, his first appearance on Birds 365. Ah, he was here before. Second, Jody. Second. We had Howard on before. Uh, if you did, I wasn't here. Were you not here? I don't know who the heck you had him on with, but I've never done Birds 365 with Howard. Well, we've, we've, we've had Howard. I need Xander. If Xander's around, Tone, because uh, he's the historian, I, I know we had Howard. Maybe it was the day you had off, maybe something. Well, we have had Howard. Yeah, that would uh, be would be the first time I've ever talked to Howard here on Birds 365. Uh, again, I've only missed a handful of shows in a year and change. So, yeah. Sandra, Howard, do the homework on that. I need yeah. a Birds 365 historian. Or maybe the uh, maybe the listeners remember. Uh, yeah. Here we um, go, Xander. Just timed in. 
Howard Eskin gives insider analysis on Zach Ertz on 365, but I, I just have the link for it. Okay. Do you don't have the date for it? Uh, I'll try to figure it out in the break. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember ever having Howard on birds 365 before, but that's okay. Howard is going to be here an hour and up too, but first, Jason Cole is going to jump aboard here on birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Appreciate you streaming on in here on Bird 365 with Mega Mac McMullen and McDonald, a good friend of the show. Good enough to hop aboard. He's one of the best who covered the entire league. Hall of Fame voter, football author, Jason Cole joins us here on Birds 365. Jason, how's your spring slash summer going? Oh, fantastic. I'm in Pittsburgh for a week. Who wouldn't want to be in Pittsburgh for a week? Yeah, Western so, PA. Yeah. Well, you know. We're in southeastern <laughs> Pennsylvania, so now hop, skip, and a jump, Jason. 
Yeah, I was uh, last week. I was uh, walking along the Schuylkill River. So uh, there we nice. go. All right. Well, then, what brings you to Pennsylvania, both east and west? Well, my son was uh, last weekend, last Friday and Saturday was in his uh, the final rowing event of his college career. Um, so nice. There, he was at the Dad Vales event on the Schuylkill. Um, over there by the boathouses, you know what I'm talking about. That yeah, area, boathouse row, beautiful. Yep. Uh, where where does he go to school? Is he Stanford guy as well, Jason? I wish uh, he goes very happy with. So um, he's gradu he's gra actually graduated from Stetson, and he's going to uh, business school now. So he's well on his nice. way. Yes. Nice. So uh, uh, we have. Going in and out a little bit, Jason. You said Stetson. Uh, is that where he rose for? Yes, he's going to. He went. He went to Stetson University. Yeah. All right. And and did they win? Did have what I'm, what they, what did they, they place? They they didn't win, but it was all good. He's he's had plenty of victories over his career, so it was sweet to see him on his last mm -hmm. event. Very, very nice. And you had plenty of victories. Let's ship to the NFL when you're covering uh, football in South Florida, whether it was for the, the Herald or, or I believe the Sun Sentinel. Is that yep. correct? Back in the day? Back in the day. Um, you know, I don't know if you're still close to, to things going on in Miami, but I, I do want to start there because I think it was such an interesting offseason story. In, in the Michigan men sort of getting together sort of rumor, sort of innuendo that maybe Tom Brady did all of this to uh, the short retirement to, to do the reversal buy into the Miami dolphins and, and um, become a part owner play for the team. How much do you buy into that uh, behind the scenes jockeying and, and what was going on be be between Stephen Ross and Tom Brady? Um, I think I think there was something to it. Um, I don't think it's as well developed as some people who are reporting it want to presume that it is. Um, I think that Tom was had like a lot of balls in the air, and one of them we've seen play out, which is yeah, yeah, right. So I think he's just planning the end game of what his life is going to be. Now he moved to Miami, which gives you every indication that that was also part of this. Um, but I think that's also because that plays into his wife's career as well. So yeah. the whole modeling part of this is, is part of that. So, yeah, I believe I believe some of that. Um, but at the end of the day, look, he went back to Tampa after they solved the coaching issue, and um, you know made him happy there. I think it's pretty plain to see that this is his final season, and that's how it's going to play out because everything he's doing is end of career setting up for the future. Um, and all of his activities this offseason have very little to do with football, which if I was the Buccaneers, frankly, I'd be a little bit concerned about it <laughs> at this point, that he's really tuned out um, to his career. But, you know, what are you really going to say to Tom Brady? You're gonna take you're gonna take him, and you're gonna be happy with him at this point. I uh, I think that when push comes to shove and the games get underway, I think Tom Brady will be Tom Brady, and he'll be completely dedicated to it. Uh, is this the year that Father Time 
finally rears its ugly head for Tom. Uh, we never know that. But what happens if it doesn't go well and the Bucks either don't make the playoffs or make the playoffs and get eliminated quickly? Is Todd Bowles the guy to lead them going forward? Uh, I, mean, I think we're going to see how this plays out. I mean, look, that organization is in a year-to-year mode. They're trying. That's why they have one of the oldest rosters in the league. They had the oldest roster in the league last year by far. I think they had 14 guys over the age of 30 years old by the end of the season, which is ancient by NFL standards. It used to be fairly routine. It's not anymore. And so they're in to win now. And if they don't win now, I think they, and Tom walks away, you're in almost a teardown mode with the exception of a few players on that roster. You know, the wide receiver you keep, you know, the young kid that they have out of Penn State. But other than that, um, there's not a lot there to me that you would say, I'm, I know I'm going to have five years from now, maybe a couple of the defensive backs and the linebacker. But the rest of it is a lot of older guys who are on you know, basically one-year deals. Uh, that's interesting, Jason, because you talk about this mentality. I think it's grown over the years of, of being there. There are certain teams – uh, going year to year, they're all in. We know uh, the Los Angeles Rams, they win the Super Bowl, Les Need with the FM picks, uh, T-shirt. Um, there seems to be two camps in the NFL. We're either ready. I talk about it all the time with the Eagles here in Philadelphia. They went from we're not ready to everybody's so excited after the draft because they get A.J. Brown, Jordan Davis, and now they bring in James Bradbury. Have you noticed a shift over the years? Because you've been covering this league a long time where it's got, I don't want to say it's an NBA-like level, but you have these two camps with, the, well, we're not a legit contender, so we can't do this, we can't do this, versus the teams that think they're ready to win. I think that you what you have is a lot of teams that you've got the quarterback in place. So if you got the quarterback in place, what do we have to do around him? Because then we can buy everything else. And then there are other teams that are trying to build it. Yeah, and there are exceptions in, in, in every rule here. Okay, our, good, our defense is good enough that we can compensate for the quarterback a little bit. You know, like we're, we're San Francisco where we have Garoppolo. And we have everything else is, is decent around, around the guys. Now let's take our shot here. And I think this year may be there where they take their shot because I have this sneaky feeling that Garoppolo is going to end up playing for San Francisco this year and that they're going to try and make a run with him because the players there and even the coaches really truly believe in Garoppolo. Now that's a, a just a sneaky thought. And they could certainly change that if they get a good enough offer for, for Garoppolo. But if they don't, they may say, let's just go for it for this one year. You know, we'll bring back Alex Mack. Um, we've got news check on, you know, basically a, a final year or two of his deal. Maybe we'll bring in one other guy. We'll get Debo Samuel paid for on a contract where he'll get paid over the next two or three years. And then we can jettison him. So they're going to do kind of the same thing. But yeah, I think there's this thought, go all in. Because the cap is so big. But the cost for most of your players is really small. You can fit those really expensive guys in more than ever before because the minimum contracts haven't gone up 
commensurate to the to the cap and i don't want to get too far into capology but it the ultimate thing is it allows you to to take a shot with expensive players it's funny that you did do just that because that's what john and i were talking at a time they got the bradbury thing done we don't know all the details of the contract yet but uh, some people thought that the eagles wouldn't value that position enough they did pay them what i thought was market value so the next question becomes Jesse Bates. The Eagles could still use an upgraded safety if he's not going to show up in Cincinnati. I said I think they've really stretched their limit under the cap. I don't think they could fit a guy like Bates in. But you're saying there's just more flexibility in the cap because it just keeps going up and up and up. You mm-hmm. see the Eagles a player if, if this young man wants to become the highest paid safety in the league, which is what I think his asking price is going to be. You think the Eagles are in that market? They could be in that market if they want to, especially because they're not paying anything for the quarterback right now, right? Yeah. So they, they have money to play with. And, and look, Howie Roseman is from that, you know, Joe Banner, Kevin Demoff school of thinking, which is you can go out and find money. If your philosophy is, you know, among your coach and your owner, if you get agreement from them so that you have coverage on this, you can go out and get all those guys, right? You just better get coverage. And I, and I mean that, that agreement that you're not going to be the one held responsible <laughs> if this doesn't work, right? If they sign off on it, sure, I can find it. Because I can, the difference between like a two and a three million dollar linebacker isn't that big a deal. The difference between a three million and a say a ten million a three million dollar safety and a ten million dollar safety is pretty big. Okay, so if you're going to go out and get that guy, go out and get that guy, and you can find the money elsewhere, um, and or push it off into the future. And again, especially if you have the cheap quarterback, I just my thing about the Eagles is, I thought they were playing for the draft next year with some of the trades that they made. In yeah. Order- big quarterback so maybe i don't know where their philosophy is like i I don't know are they are they pushing in for this year or were they pushing in for okay we'll see if jalen hurts can be that guy we're going to take one more shot with it knowing full well that next year is the big year for the quarterbacks with bryce young and cj stroud right yeah which way are you going with this one? That would be well, and that's the thing, Jason. It looks like they're trying to serve those two masters. They want to be relevant right now, but they want that safety net in case Jalen Hurts doesn't develop to where, you know, because you you say, and I bring this up all the time, and you're right, they're not paying for the quarterback right now, but this is it. Next year, you have to start talking extension and extensions. Think about it this way, Jason. Jalen Hurts, for whatever you think about him and whatever you think about the term Pro Bowl alternate, was a Pro Bowl alternate quarterback last year, and his team made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, if that kind of guy gets to the second contract of two years like that, so say good enough to be top half of the NFL quarterbacks, good enough to make playoffs, what does that start out? Thirty million a year, thirty-five million a year extension. With the cap keep going up and up and up, and that's a tough decision. Because do you want to give Jalen Hurts, who's pretty good but not great, that kind of money? That to me is a really, really difficult decision for the Eagles. 
Well, that's the part where you sometimes go year to year by using the franchise tag, right? And just let let it play out. And, you know, you say all the right things publicly. We'd like to get a long-term deal done, but you don't. And you let him really ultimately prove it, right? And I think that, like, that's going to happen in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. I think they're going to play year to year with Lamar Jackson. Especially because his way of playing is so injury-prone and so up and down. Like, why, why put $40 million into him a year on a five-year deal? It's just not going to work. So, to me they sort of do the same thing with, with Jalen Hurts um, and play year to year for a while. Um, or just, you know, they find out this year, is he good enough or not? But it's kind of like what Washington did with They wanted him at a certain price, but they weren't willing to go long-term, so they played year to year until they got out of the Kirk Cousins deal. And then they shifted immediately to Alex Smith. You know, that was a good move. They upgraded a quarterback um, with Alex Smith. He unfortunately got hurt and that, and, you know, essentially ended his career, but that, they had the right idea. They drew a line on what is Kirk Cousins worth. And if you think they're going that way in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, it would only make sense here in Philadelphia because Jalen Hurts is the closest thing to Lamar Jackson in the league. If there's a uh, Lamar Jackson light, he would be playing right here in Philadelphia. All right, I want to bring it back to 2022. Eagles have made these moves this offseason, adding a top-flight wide receiver, adding a very good CB2 and James Bradbury, having a very good draft, adding a good edge pass rusher to be determined how he's going to be used. We're putting some faith in the defensive coordinator that Gannon's going to be able to get him double-digit sacks like he's had the last two years with two different teams. Have the Eagles done enough to catch the Cowboys. Cowboys won this division kind of going away. You look at the Cowboys offseason moves, and it's not, a, I think, as much of a slam dunk that they're better than they were last year. Your estimation right now, Eagles-Cowboys, who's got the better roster? Got a hat? Can I put the Can I put the names in a hat and just draw it out? <laughs> I, I, look, technically the, technically, the Cowboys are better, all right? Because um, they had a better quarterback, right? And um, I think their receivers are slightly better overall, even with getting rid of uh, Amari Cooper, right? Um, I think the, the tight end is the tight end is really good in in Dallas. Um, so I would give them a slight edge at those skill positions on offense. The rest of it is pretty much a wash. Um, so, yeah, I like Dallas a little bit better, but it's Dallas. And they're a team that always gets ahead of itself. Like, they think because they had a good year, they're a, automatically going to have a good year next year and that they are just rolling towards a Super Bowl victory, right? That's just their mentality and it has been for the better part of 30 years, you know, ever since they, ever since they had that great run. They think, oh, that's coming. That's coming right now. We're we're just waiting for it to happen. There's more to it than that, and so they're poorly managed. They're always distracted. I mean, look, this is a this is a perfect Cowboys off season, right? How many distractions, and where do they start? Look at the owner, because is a giant distraction. The owner is a distraction. Oh yeah. Well, the owner's doing radio shows once a week. The owner does press conferences once, you know, he's every, been a, every it's he's, unbelievable. Right. He's been a distraction for forever. 
But especially now, when, you know, he's in the middle of, you know, this whole thing about whether he had a child out of wedlock. Like, you know, like all of this, it, it never ends in Dallas, all the things that that they do that have nothing to do with winning. All right. And so that's why I always say I don't trust Dallas at all. Not one tiny little bit, because I don't think they ultimately know how to win. And, um, and so I would put the Eagles right there with them with a chance to win this year or chance, chance to win this division, because at the, at, at the end of the day, you can agree or disagree with the moves, but, Lori and, and Roseman are trying to win and they're focused on winning and first and foremost. And I can't say that that's true in Dallas. That's yeah, a Mike good McCarthy. Thing. Yeah. Sorry, Jody. Mike McCarthy uh, probably already looking over his shoulder at Sean Payton. I mean, <laughs> but, <laughs> everyone's I mean, assuming. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think that's less of a problem. Like McCarthy knows, like, I, I don't think he looks over his shoulder because that's just, goes with the territory right yeah yeah okay then you just know that it, you know that your owner is capricious i mean literally in every way he's a capricious human being okay so you don't know where where this is going to go in a year or two um so you just you coach and you deal with it right um he made you know mccarthy made that bet um but he did a nice job last year, you know, until that one strategic play at the end of the game against against the 49ers. Now, I would also go back in that game to say, okay, Mike, what did you do in the first, you know, 58 minutes of that game? You know, yeah. the control of it. Yeah. But, you know, but the 49ers pretty good team. And, and so, you know, that was a pretty tough matchup. So, I think Mike McCarthy is a good coach. I don't know that he's a good enough coach to overcome the owner. Jason, there are a couple of big-time players that changed teams, changed conferences this year. Russell Wilson from Seattle to Denver, Devontae Adams from Green Bay to uh, uh, Las Vegas. We are, at least John and I, and uh, I'm well on record saying the AFC is uh, better than the NFC, if not significantly better than the NFC. Was it trending that way? Is it just those two guys who moved the needle that much? What do you make as far as the difference between – Total conference uh, capabilities, AFC to NFC this year in 2022. Well, yeah, I mean, the Chargers loaded up too. I mean, and, you know, look, Khalil Mack is aging, but they still got him. And, you know, that's, you know, that uh, that's, that's a nice addition. Now, there's a little subtraction for Kansas City, but it helps Miami with the Tyreek Hill deal. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. You know, Buffalo got... Buffalo got better this side. You know, they went and got Von Miller, which, you know, gives them another edge rusher who, who you can trust. Um, Whatever you think about Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. Uh, wow, Matt Ryan. Yeah, uh, Carson. Yeah, Matt Ryan's an upgrade from Carson Wentz a year ago. but And that's a, a pretty solid team, right? So I think that that makes Indianapolis better. Um, certain, you know, I have no question about that. Um, I'm not well, saying- I go, I go, Jason. I go, Josh Allen. I go, uh, uh, Justin uh, Herbert, Joe Burrow. They just had the better young quarterbacks on the AFC it's all, side. It's all, that's all part of it. I, I totally agree. Look, it, so in a sense, it's trending that way. But there was a huge infusion of talent overall into these AFC teams, and I, there are teams in the AFC that will miss the playoffs that are better than probably 
the four, five, six, seven seeds in the NFC, whoever makes that. That's certainly that's certainly true. And so it, it it's it's gonna be a really, really tough race out of the AFC. I'll I'll say this. I fear that Kansas City's gonna take a huge step back and might not even make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean it... are against really high quality opponents. Um, they're, you know, that, not- that looks like a tough division on paper. That looks like the best division on, on paper, the AFC West. And, yeah. you know, the Chiefs are going to have to play a different way offensively. Now, we had somebody on, Jody, I forget, remind me if you remember, but mentioned that some teams were playing so much cover, too, against uh, uh, Kansas City last year. And they're playing their safeties 20, 25 yards off the ball to try to eliminate the big play. And the Chiefs had some trouble with that. Then they seemed to figure it out a little bit, and and then they struggled again late. It's just this: is this just the natural evolution of Andy Reid figuring out? All right, they they zigged. I got to zag. I got to go in a different direction. We just can't stretch the field at all times. I, I think if that's the thinking, it's silly. Like Tyreek, you you don't trade away Tyreek Hill. For any, I mean, I'd rather have a team playing at safeties 20 yards back even to take away everything because that means I'm going to be able to run the ball. So I think they just did, couldn't afford Tyreek Hill or they came to the conclusion they couldn't afford Tyreek Hill and they didn't want to pay that Devontae Adams contract, right? Yeah. yeah. I disagree with that. I think you pay that guy. There are certain guys you just – they you have to pay him whatever they want. And you take advantage of the opportunity you have now. I think that, look, Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame coach, but we will look back at this last four or five years and say they should have had two or three titles in this in this run. They should have they should have taken advantage of this moment in time much more than they did, and that they're going to take this huge step back. Um, starting this year, because they do have the tough first stuff eight games. They are replacing Tyreek Hills, as we said. We've talked about Spagnola. You guys know Spags really well. And he's a great teacher and a great defensive coordinator, but he always starts slowly in seasons. And last year, they were three and four, and they barely got by the Giants, and they barely got by uh, Green Bay, the Green Bay team that was starting Jordan Love. Right. To themselves to, you know, five and four, at a certain point, and then kind of take off. But the bigger problem is, I don't think Andy, and you guys know this, I don't think Andy plays the emotion. He plays this even keel approach so much, right? Like, let's let's, let's get through it, get through it, get through it. I don't think that's going to work in the first eight games next season. I think that's the opposite approach of what you really should do. Very interesting. All right. Um, and it was Matt Verderam who uh, came out and talked to us about uh, how much Andy had to figure out how to play against teams that were uh, playing 20 uh, yards back. I want to jump back into the Eagles division with you, Jason. Last year, the Eagles did get picked off by the Giants in New York. Jalen Hurts had probably certainly his worst regular season game. We can compare that one with the playoff game against Tampa, which also wasn't good. Uh, but he had a bad game in New York and, Uh, That one game, one loss in the division basically decided the Eagles weren't going to be able to catch the Cowboys, and that's the goal this year. Which of the two other teams, and when I say other, I mean not Dallas, Washington or New York, 
is more likely to jump up and bite the Eagles and pull an upset because I think the Eagles will be favorite all four games against those two other teams. Who do you like better as of right now, Washington or New York? Uh, Washington by far. Um, I like Ron Rivera and his coaching style. Like, I'm not Carson Wentz believer, don't, don't get me wrong. I, mean, I think that that ship has sailed. Um, but whatever Carson Wentz can be at this point in time in his career, Rivera will get it out of him. And, and that's better than what Dable's going to be able to get out of Daniel Jones. Right? Like that's, that's just the way it is. Um, and like, there's nobody on the Giants that scares me. There are guys on the Washington team that, you know, I don't know if scares are quite worse, but it's supreme concern with that, with that defense. Like they, yeah. can, they can play defense. So Washington's the better club out of those two. Um, and I'm not saying it's a huge difference either in this case. Um, and I think that ultimately a lot of these teams are going to have inordinately good records since they're playing the AFC South this year. And they're going to clean up on some of those teams in the AFC South. Um, you're going to see teams with, you know, the top, the top end of that's probably going to be 12 or 13 wins followed by an 11 and then a nine and an, and an eight. So everybody's going to have what looks like good records, but they're not great teams. Uh, last one for me, I want to take it out and follow Jason on Twitter at Jason Cole 62. I want to take it out to the whole NFC, Jason, because I think we look, Hey, we have the reigning Super Bowl champions, but we know how difficult it is to repeat in this league. Tampa Bay's got Tom back. We talked about that. Green Bay managed to work out things with Aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams is now out with the Raiders. Those three teams look like, they're going to be good. We know We know they're going to be good. You see that next level team in the NFC that maybe has a chance to take advantage of an easier path than the AFC teams. So your, your three teams were Tampa. Tampa, Rams, uh, Packers. Uh, well, so the fourth I the, team. I think the 49ers are as good. 49ers? As the, well, I mean, they beat Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. special teams they, wise, right? Hey, you, they beat the Rams two out of three during the you know during the season overall, and you know I mean that that's a really really good team um, depth wise, and they can really run it, and they they're physical. To me, the 49ers are are right there. And I, I do think, love Kyle Shanahan. I think he's. I think besides Bill and Andy. I think Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in the NFL. I've been saying it for a while. I, I like Kyle as well. Um, sometimes he's a little full of himself, but you know he's a Shanahan, so that's, yeah. uh, you know that's okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I just they're they are. I mean, they're they're just terrific. I think New Orleans. Look, that team managed to win eight games with carousel of quarterbacks. I was talking to Jim Trotter about this uh, two days ago. You know, they went through quarterback hell last year, and they still managed to win eight games. And th their defense is still really good. You know, they'll have Michael Thomas back this year. You know, they got to figure out the Alvin Kamara situation because he's probably going to get suspended for a while. But there's talent there. They're just There's no Sean Payton. So I don't yeah. know if talent is good enough to handle this situation. But um, I do I do like what they have. 
All right, last one for me, Jason, since you're in Pittsburgh. Maybe you got a vibe of that city, and it's important this year because the Eagles played the Steelers week eight after the bye. Kenny Pickett, despite his small hands, was the only <laughs> quarterback taken in the first round, and that was by the Steelers. They had signed Mitch Trubisky earlier this year. What kind of season do you see for the team in uh, Steeltown? Um. Look, every, every time you talk to Tomlin, you feel this sense of enthusiasm. And I think they're going to have to play representative tough guy football. And their defense is good. I mean, they got still got Cam Hayward. you still got T.J. Watt. Um, yeah, there are tools there. Najee Harris is a nice-looking running back. Um, the receivers took a step backwards last year, but I think there's still talent there. I think Pickett is a Matt Hasselback knockoff at his best. <laughs> Um, which is a, which is okay. I mean, Matt yeah, that was that was solid for a while. Yeah, but he's not the guy you take in the first round. Like no. when you take a quarterback in the first round, you're just saying you're not going. Okay, we got the next Matt Hasselback. Like that's not the dream. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're in a little bit of a uh, dare I say the uh, some Matt Malone years uh, or Mark Malone. Mark Malone. Ooh, Mark Malone. Yeah. There you yeah. go. It's a nice uh, reference. Yeah, I think that they're you know for for older fans like there's a dip here that's coming offensively, and they've got some rebuilding to do. So I think this is like a 500 team, so you know over, overall. Um, and I know that you can't really be 500, but but you know eight nine wins. Yeah, I I, I can see that. Now, since Jody brought this up, I do want to sneak this in, Jason, with the Steelers, because you, you've been around, so you know they let Dan Marino out of Pittsburgh because of some off-the-field sort of whispers, and I don't think that organization has ever gotten over that. Did they not want to make that same mistake? Uh, yeah, the old, well, the old Yunzers in this town yeah. like like to talk about, yeah, we let Marino get out of town. Like, yeah. I was just I was talking with Art Rooney Jr. You know the the guy did personnel for forever. The, the yeah. son of, yesterday, and he even brought a Marino. Like it's been, <laughs> yeah, like you can't get over it, guys. It's been forty years. Yeah, right? like, they cannot get over it. Yeah, let the Marino thing go. Well, I mean, let's talk about every Western PA quarterback they did let go. You know, let's go to Unitas. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't go get Namath when they could have gotten Namath, right? Yeah. Marino, like, let it all go. You got what you got. You've had two great quarterbacks, you know, in the history of the organization. You're, you're fine, right? Let's not, let's not. Yeah, the Steelers know. are fine. Yes. Yeah, like they're, they're okay. But yeah, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of angst over having let Marino get out of town still. All right. I'm going to call on YouTube football savants to correct me if I'm wrong. Van Pelt. Wasn't he a Pittsburgh quarterback? Alex did... Van Pelt was a Pitt quarterback. Yeah. Right. Did did yeah. he do Steeler time? Did they uh, try and correct the Marino? I do not. I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah. Why? Why are you bringing? Like, how? How relevant is Alex? Because I uh, think yeah. I, I'm thinking don't that's more of what no, Pickens we, is like. Alex no, Van Pelt no, than no, Marino. No, We're no. confident of the Marino. Talk, we know he's stop. not going to be Marino. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. We know. I, I now I gotta look talk, up Alex Van Pelt. Uh, talk, he you know, he does, he was he was drafted by the Steelers in the eighth round 
of the That's 1993 what I'm they, They've done this before. It's not the first time they've tried to correct the Marino mistake. He never played for the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. Like Kenny Pickett, this the Pickett kid is the, the best quarterback of this draft class. They got the best quarterback of this draft class. That's true. That's true. That does not good. Does not say much for this year's draft class. That is exactly right. <laughs> Jason, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on. Tell your son we said congrats. Keep getting out there, Rowan. Sorry we missed you on the Schuylkill. Have a good time in Pittsburgh. Take care, guys. Be good. That Thanks, is Jason guys. Cole from uh, uh, longtime NFL writer, Hall of Fame voter here with us on Birds 365. All right, before we go to break. By the way, to give you credit, Jody. Uh, Alex Van Pelt broke a lot of Dan Marino's records at Pittsburgh at the time. I remember something. Some things stick. Some things I've completely forgotten, which, oh, by the way, is exactly what I have to do right now is apologize for my loss of uh, memory. Howard Eskin joined Birds 365 last July 21st. Our uh, former producer and always overseeing coordinated producer, Xander Krauss, Found the uh, YouTube clip of when Howard was on. I think he did his spot from the Botanical Gardens. I uh, The backdrop when Howard There's was on. There's a state. On. There's palatial estate, I the, think. Do you believe that was the a king's uh, palatial well, estate? We'll have estate. to ask him when he yeah. comes on. But shame on me. I absolutely positively forgot the spot that we did you with might get called a nitwit you might get called a nitwit today. it was nine you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Viator. Once ago, come on. Well, I can't remember everything. I you remember Alex Van Pelt. I can remember Alex Van Pelt, but I can't remember Howard Eskin yeah. from nine months ago. Yeah. Howard was definitely on with us, but we have video proof of the fact that he was on with us before. That is my bad. I forgot. Very much looking forward to Howard joining us. Coming up about 20 minutes from now here on Birds 365.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk Champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are your MAGA MagBirds 365 <laughs> guys. Thank Jason Cole for hopping on board, spending quality time here in PA. Jason's a Florida guy, always has been. Uh, but uh, uh, touring the eastern and western sides of Pennsylvania, getting his son's uh, last couple of rowing exhibitions into his schedule. Good for him. Uh, and we thank him whenever he comes on. Always got good insight about the league, as does our next guest who will join us in less than 15 minutes now. Howard Eskin. I don't, by the way, on Jason, I I don't agree with him with the Eagles skill position people. Now, yeah, he was he was a little uh, well I think versus it was the more Cowboys, over evaluating the, the Cowboys than yeah, it was yeah, under yeah. evaluating the Eagles, especially a tight end. Now, I think Dalton Schultz is a very good tight end. Uh, not that he's a bad player, but um, he's not Dallas Goddard. I think Dallas Goddard too. Yeah, come on. Yeah, now. At wide receiver, I like C.D. Lamb a lot. If you were to tell me who's the best receiver of the group of Cowboys and Eagles, I I would go C.D. Lamb, number one. But then I'd go A.J. Brown, number two, Devontae Smith, number three, then Michael Gallup, number four. So, I you know, I think... I think the Eagles are a lot closer than Jason does. But, hey, people evaluate things different ways. I agree. Uh, I lay out the wide receivers the same exact way. And uh, we use this term a lot in talking evaluation and comping positions and like, where's the drop-off? We just got finished with an NFL draft, and that's a phrase we use often. Where's the drop-off? In the draft, a specific position, you think guys are close. You got to put them in order, but you say they're close. And then there's a spot where there's separation. 
and it's quote-unquote the drop-off. The biggest drop-off on that list for me is Devontae Smith and Michael Gallup. That between, even if you want to put C.D. Lamb first, C.D. Lamb, A.G. Smith close, A.J. Smith, Devontae for the Eagles close between 1-1-1-A. The drop-off comes to Michael Gallup because he's coming back off for a pretty significant injury. We don't know exactly what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, if you say just take those top four, who's got the better pairing? I think the Eagles have the better pairing, even though the Cowboys have arguably the best player overall. Yeah, no, that's how I look at it as well. And I think Gallup's a good player. Like, I think there's a pretty big drop-off from Gallup to to Quez Watkins or James Washington, whoever – the Cowboys are going to go as their number three receiver. Um, I think that drop off is pretty significant as well. So it's not that I don't think Gallup is a good player, but he's not uh, CD lamb. He's not AJ Brown. He's not Devonte Smith either. So I'm with you. I think the Eagles, the Cowboys have the best player, but the Eagles have the better uh, tandem at wide receiver. And um, though, by the way, the Cowboys don't have Jalen Rager. So we had uh could swing the bell. Yeah, I don't even mention him as you'll notice. I can't get blocked twice. By the way, speaking of Twitter, Jody, can I just get what this What about off Twitter, my, John? Can I just get this off my chest? You can do whatever the heck you want. Um, I even workshopped this on the show I, uh, I yesterday. I said, the Eagles, you, you and Bo Wolf were on with me, and I said, the Eagles, uh, the Giants got their revenge for the Bradbury signing. And they signed Mike Chiquette, who's a very nice guy. And it was a, a joke. And it went over pretty well with Bo. And uh, you chuckled a little bit, I believe. So I put it on Twitter. I even worked. So many people. Now, the vast majority, Jody, the vast majority got the joke. But so many people took it seriously. I'm, I'm a, you, you, you people need to log off if you thought that was a serious tweet. I, I I can't even comprehend uh, uh, that, that so many fans got upset and thought I was comparing James Bradbury to Mike Chiquette. It is unbelievable to me. Uh, and, oh, by the way, I confused Michael Chiquette with uh, uh, the ex-Temple wide receiver who was here. Oh, God, now I'm forgetting him again. Uh, Jaquan Jarrett. Uh, Jaquan, uh, Jaquan was a uh, um, um, safety. Uh, safety, right. Yeah. An ex-Temple player, but they have similar last names, which was a complete complete brain freeze on my part because I called Michael Jaquette an ex-Temple guy. He goes, no, he's from Louisiana, which he is. I, I just got guys confused. I screwed it up worse than you did. You just tried to add little levity to the show. Oh I, was, I was the screw-up there. First of all, he wasn't even on the Eagles. The Eagles had already moved on from him. You know, they had moved on from last year. I, I, I just... Sometimes I shake my head and I go, I don't know why. I assume people are going to pick up on sarcasm or subtle. I and most, you know, eighty-five percent smile and laugh. And but man, there is an amazing number of people who who absolutely thought it was a serious tweet. It's amazing to me. Um, I did look up quickly. Uh, I'm not as big a Michael Gallup fan. 
I think the Cowboys made a mistake by letting Cedric Wilson get out the door this past offseason. If you know that you're going to be moving on from Amari Cooper, you have to do what you have to do to keep a guy like Cedric Wilson. Uh, Gallup got hurt last year, but in nine games, he only had 35 targets, uh, excuse me, 62 targets for 35 catches, under 450 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, I don't know that Michael Gallup is just going to be able to fill or even come close to filling the Amari Cooper role. You're asking him to step up coming off an injury where he wasn't all that productive last year. Yeah, I, I absolutely am going to take the Eagles two starting wide receivers. Even if you want to go down the entire list and include a Jalen Rager and say, hey, if you're going to comp the receivers, comp them all. Yeah, I like the Eagles wide receiver entire room better than the Cowboy wide receiver. Well, I like Cedric Wilson, but I, I do think Michael's uh, a better player. I really like the Cowboys receivers when they had Cooper and Gallup and Wilson. I mean, that was incredible depth. But, you know, Michael did his best year, I guess, was, um, I guess, his second year. Um, you know, and, and, and remember, he was doing that as a third receiver. Um, you know, so he's got some talent. Who, but who, yeah. Third receiver behind who? Cooper and who? Uh, uh, C.D. Lamb. Well, 2020 C.D. got there. But right. I forgot so he was there. When he there. had his 1,000-yard year, he was number two. He wasn't number three. Yeah, but he still had 843. Uh, he's he's a legitimate wide receiver too in this league. It wasn't a wide receiver too because the Cowboys had two really good receivers. Um, I think he's a really good player, but I don't think he's Devontae Smith. Um, so I mean, I think he's better than Cedric Wilson. But I think you know Cedric Wilson is a is a good player, and they lost him as well. Um, so they took significant hits. You talk about a guy who's buried at wide receiver three. Cedric Wilson's going to be wide receiver three in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he was four for the majority, you know, the past couple of years in Dallas. And he, and by the way, Cedric Wilson could throw the football. I don't know if you've ever seen him throw the football. No. He can, yeah, he's he can he can sling it. He threw a, a touchdown on Monday night, or it's a Sunday night game. Um, can really. Do uh, it from that perspective as well. Good, good player. I think underrated player, but he's not as fast. So you know how teams that knock you down if you can't run like the wind playing receiver in the NFL. So, um, yeah, they took they took a significant step back at receiver, losing two good players, uh, and they still have two good players. But the Eagles took a significant step forward at, at receiver. And they have the better tandem. That's uh, it's pretty clear. Now, the as I always say, Jody, you know, receivers need vehicles to get them the football. By the nature of the position, the Cowboys have a better quarterback, and Jason's right about that. And you know, Jalen Hurts has got to improve and to get into the conversation with Dak Prescott. Can he do that? I don't know. We'll ask the king. Has the king popped on? Is he in the green room? Um, well, we see his uh, palatial backdrop again, but I don't see Howard just yet. Well, uh, he, he knows he's a pro. He knows he's coming on, and he's already uh, got the t the uh, computer up and running, which is good to see. Um, I did look it up. Damn, you got a good memory, McMullen, because I don't remember this at all. Uh, in twenty twenty, 
Cedric Wilson attempted two passes, both of them complete, one for a touchdown, uh, quarterback rating 154.2. It's pretty good. This past year, attempted three passes, completed every single one of them for an average of 29.3 yards per reception and a quarterback rating of 118.8. Didn't get a touchdown this year. But he went three for three and uh, racked up 88 yards on his three completions as an NFL. He's five for five with yeah. 158.3 quarterback rating. How the hell do you remember that? He's a good, he can throw it, man, because I know he can, he, and it's one of those things where, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You can't do it all the time. But when you want to pull it out and you have a player like that, it's like uh, Johnny Hacker for years as a punter, you know. It's like guys who can throw the football. You got to keep that in the back of your mind. And Cedric Wilson is one of those guys. I honestly didn't remember that, but McMullen was right on it. Five for five is a career quarterback, uh, or uh, he's not a quarterback, but a complete com- career passer with a touchdown and a perfect, almost perfect quarterback rating of 158.3. All right, we'll take a quickie time out here. We assume Howard Eskin will be ready to go. Once again, you think that's Howard House? Yeah, he's always doing it in front of these very well-kempt bushes in the background. <laughs> he's already got his computer set up. We'll talk to Howard Eskin next here on Birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can you search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? 
I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Appreciate you streaming on in here on Birds 365 with the Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. We are joined by the veteran sportscast and talk show host from WIP, the man on the sidelines, usually very well dressed when he does it. And coming from, uh, John believes, his palatial estates. Well, he always well There's the king. Background. Is that the king's estate, Howard? Yeah, that is, uh, that is the estate. Uh, wherever I am, it's my estate. So that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, nice. We got it's a nice day, too. It's gonna get veteran, really hot. Does, that, does veteran mean that I'm old or older? Both okay. experience and, and go with it experience. Takes, takes one to know one, Howard. Yeah. So I can get away with saying that. Oh, okay. Um, right. since you are outside, give us the latest weather report. Yeah. We know you're the king of the weather as well. Uh, What's it gonna be like today? Uh, I can tell you this, this weekend, it's going to be hot. I feel bad for people. Uh, I mean, the Dodgers are in town. Uh, they're playing a subpar Phillies team. However, 90, probably 96 to 98 degrees on Sunday in an afternoon game. Can you imagine uh, what that's going to be like sitting there at the ballpark? It's too bad. I mean, people want to relax on a Sunday afternoon, but... I'll tell you when there's severe weather coming, and I'm not going to overstate it and over-dramatize it, like, obviously. And and and, and you did the weather, Howard. You did the weather for a I while. Did. So, you know. Battle 3 during a blizzard and an ice storm would shut down the city. It's yeah. not rocket science. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, 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 you know, you bring up the Phillies and, obviously, the Sixers, man. Uh, deja vu with them again. Um, how much easier the Flyers are not even relevant at this point. How much easier do the other Philadelphia teams make it on the Eagles to take control of this city? Well, the Eagles, and I've said this on the air, and and I'm not saying it. Everybody thinks, oh, you never criticize the Eagles. Well, I do criticize the Eagles because there's times they don't get things done properly, but they have in Philadelphia. They have the best chance of winning a championship sooner than anybody else. The Flyers are three to four years away from being three to four years away from being three to four <laughs> years away. So they're irrelevant in the market. They've screwed it up so badly. So we'll just kick that. just three teams. The Phillies, whether they make the playoffs or not, they're not a World Series contender. Uh, and I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs. They're kind of like what they are. They're basically a 500 team now certainly they missed Bryce Harper but Atlanta won a World Series and missed one of the top what four players in, in baseball in Acuna last year yeah. so you can't complain about missing a player for four games so all right so Bryce Harper's not there right now I don't think he's going to play the outfield all season but I'm not I'm not a doctor uh but I know he's got issues he won't be in the he'll be a DH 
but he won't be in the outfield until at least the end of July or early August. Uh, but the reality is they're just – they're not good enough, so they're not going to win a World Series. All right, let's get to that. The Sixers are in no man's land. They're no, they're not going to be any different than what they are this year. There'll be a few cosmetic changes, but Daryl Morey, who is a stone cold fraud uh, as a president <laughs> of a basketball team, it, it's it's a joke. What has he done ever in his career? Ever, 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 ever. He's made two James Harden trades, and both have failed. All right, and they it's failed here, but. What he said, we're close to a championship uh, and we have flexibility. I can't figure out how they're close to a championship when you see the players that are left in the playoffs right now. And there's players that aren't in the playoffs that are better than the Sixers. And what flexibility do they have? They're over the cap. If they'd like to trade Tobias Harris to get rid of his money to sign a free agent, you're going to have to do what you've done with other players like Al Horford like Ben Simmons, you're going to have to trade a first-round pick. But they don't have a first-round pick to trade until 2029 because of the way it's set up in the NBA. You cannot trade number one picks in consecutive years. So all of they, they've broken them off, and they have picks here and there. They don't have a pick to trade until 2029. So what flexible – the only value players that they have that you could trade – uh, Matisse Stiebel, we know now, is just an ordinary player. Uh, you can't have a player on the court who flat out just can't score. I don't care. You know, he plays well defensively. But he's a liability to have on the floor because he can't score. So he doesn't have tremendous value. So it's only Maxi and Embiid. You're not going to trade Maxi because the city would be outraged. And he's a, he's a good young player, and he will be a, a really good young player. And Embiid, and I wouldn't be opposed to trading Embiid if you got the right player, but that's all you have to trade. What other value do you have on that team? So how can they change the team? I just don't understand how it could happen. Howie, wait, uh, excuse me, Howard, way back when, when Jeff Laurie had his uh, media session uh, back at the owners' meetings earlier this year, he kind of hedged his bet and said, we are – Certainly looking to improve in 2022, uh, but we also have an eye on the future and the long-term goals of the organization. Unlike the previous year, where he flat out said we're in a transition, meaning we might have to take two steps back but take three steps forward. Um, with the moves that they've made, I think he's more in the we're going to be good in 2022 lane than he is in the future lane. Now, I think A.J. Brown's going to be here for several years, so it's not like they're shirking their responsibility, and they did get an additional first-round draft pick for next year. How in are the Eagles for 2022 this year, in your estimation? Well, they're, they're in, and I was, at that, uh, I was at those league meetings, and I was there when he was speaking to the media, and the Eagles never used the word, almost never rebuild. It's always retool. But at that point, they didn't know that Tennessee was going to trade A.J. Brown. You don't know how the draft is going to play out. But they, they are in position to be able to do things, which they did with A.J. Brown, because they, they got, they've gotten extra picks. Uh, next year, if Jalen Hurts is not the right guy, they're from what I understand, and, you know, it's a year away, there's some really good quarterbacks, much better than the ones that came out this year. 
and they may have maneuverability uh, to do something if they choose to. I'm not sure that Jalen Hurts is the right guy, but I do know that the Eagles are a better team uh, this coming season, I think, than they were last year, just by the fact they got A.J. Brown. Uh, they've added pieces on defense. The only two positions I think they really need right now maybe are safety and running back. And running back, they fall out of trees when you get in the training camp. Yeah. You'll be running back. And there's teams that are probably going to – hey, if, if uh, Bradbury became available – you know that there's safeties that are going to become available somewhere before the start of the season. And on one-year contracts, you take a shot. So and they're not perfect because it always comes down to the quarterback. And I'm not sure that Jalen Hurts is the right quarterback yet. I think he's got to take not one, but maybe two steps forward uh, to be a championship-type quarterback. I don't think they're going to a Super Bowl this year. But if he's the right guy, and this was the year to do it, because if he's the right guy, then they're going to have to pay him a lot of money. And the quarterback position is what screws up a team in the salary cap. They're going to have yeah. to pay Jay Hurts 35 to $40 million a year. Yeah. And then they're not going to have any money. So it's going to have to be draft picks uh, to make this team better. So it'll be uh, interesting to see where they go. But, you know, I, I think they're – probably a 10-win team this year being uh, on a conservative basis. They don't the, – last year their schedule really was a favorable schedule, not because of the teams they played, because of the way it was set up. Last year they didn't get on a plane for the last eight weeks of the season. That's a really big advantage. Now, there was a bye week in there, but that was an advantage to have it later as well. Now the bye week is earlier. I think it's after week six. Yep. So it's earlier. That's not where the teams really like to have it. And and I, I found this out earlier this week. They play four road games on short weeks this year, which yeah. is the most any team has ever played in 16 years in the NFL. Yeah. And the Dallas Cowboys, who I think always find a way to choke, uh, play six teams on short schedules uh, on short weeks this week. So that – the schedule is a big part of it, not necessarily always who they play, but how the schedule is set up. And then they have one week, which I didn't expect them to win the third game anyway, where they have three straight road games, which is death for it. And players will tell you that's not a good situation. And the third of that road game is Christmas Eve in Dallas. Yeah, that's uh, a tough spot. That's a tough spot. In anyway, in Dallas. So I think they'll split with the Cowboys. They'll win here. They'll lose there. And, but still, that's not an advantage. That's not, a, especially at the end of the season, that's not an advantage for a team. But they're, they're a better team. They're a good team. They're a playoff team. How far they go, it depends on, obviously, how it sets up. They get a break because they play Green Bay here in Philadelphia. And if they beat them, that's a tiebreaker. It could be a tiebreaker down the line. So I look at the schedule not as much as I look at, well, how good are these teams? Because that changes during the year anyway. We, they get a break. To, I think Detroit will be a better team, but not necessarily the first game of the season. So that's where I look. But I think the Eagles are better. And no, I think I think you're right, Howard. You got to look at themes when it comes to schedules. And we had mentioned that on the show, the four short weeks. 
Now, one positive, though, they had a really difficult schedule to start last year. This year, on paper, at least, it looks a little bit easier. So you'd be a chance to start rolling a little bit earlier. I want to talk about expectations with you because you've been around a lot of teams and you know the difference when you go into a season and nobody expects that much, like last year for the Eagles, versus you go into a season and now all of a sudden everybody's hyped up and they got – uh, A.J. Brown, they got Jordan Davis, now they got James Bradbury. How do you think those expectations shift sort of the landscape for not only Jalen Hurts, but Nick Sirianni as a young head coach, Jonathan Gannon as a guy who, you know, people made, uh, I don't want to say excuses, but they gave explanations as to why uh, he ran the defense the way he did as a rookie defensive coordinator. What do you think that does to the Philadelphia Eagles, just those added expectations? Well, the expectations are really high. That, it's an advantage to be better, but in Philadelphia, when it comes to the Eagles, it's a disadvantage uh, to have high expectations. I mean, look at the Phillies. Because they signed two free agents, they had high expectations, but the people aren't as outraged about the Phillies not being not reaching expectations at this point of the year. Uh, but they will be outraged with the Eagles. They have to win the first game of the year because it's against Detroit, even though it's on the road. Otherwise, people go ballistic. They have to win the second game of the year because it's at home against Minnesota. So they have to go 2-0 and or people, they go 1-1. One and one. Either one of those teams, if they would lose, and I'm not saying I think they're going to win both those games, if they would lose, people will go absolutely nuts. The third game is Jacksonville. By the schedule, you'd say, well, they, they have to be Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville's the third game on the schedule. So they have, so they have to go three. I think Washington, Washington's third, Washington's third, Jacksonville's fourth. So okay. they go down to see Carson. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so Washington. Now, that's going to be a tough game. But the, the expectations, and again, that's what we're talking about. Uh, but I, I saw the first four games. I forgot. I confuse Washington and Jacksonville. Yeah. Nonetheless, even though Washington's on the road, uh, the expectations are, well, you got to beat Carson Wentz, right? Because at that point, he'll still be the quarterback, whether it's injury or – and I don't think he's going to get benched. I don't think he's going to get benched anyway. He'd really have to be bad because they made a uh, – Ron Rivera just made a decision. He's going to be the quarterback. So – Technically, the expectations are they should go four and zero. I just don't yeah. think they're going to go four and zero. There's something about four and zero that's just it just it doesn't seem plausible. It just doesn't seem right. So if they go three and one, that's pretty good. Now, who do they lose to? Do they lose to Washington or do they lose to Jacksonville? Uh, I I don't even know. If they're three and one. That's still pretty good, but that won't be good enough for a lot of people. So when you say you are correct there comes to the Eagles, it's these people go, they just tell, they go crazy. They're unrealistic. You're going to win games that you're not supposed to win, and you're going to lose games that you're not supposed to lose. So somewhere along the way, they weren't supposed to lose to the Giants, right? They weren't. Yeah. They yeah. weren't. They won a game on the road last year. I forget where it was. Denver? Uh, no, yeah, Denver was a tough, yeah. Yeah, uh, you didn't think they were going to win that. So, that's the way it happens, and that's okay. That's okay. 
All right, Howard, uh, need you to look into the crystal ball a little bit for me. Nick Sirianni, year two, as compared to year one, what will be the biggest difference, either positive or negative? Well, he's got another year under his belt for all those morons at WIP. I'm talking about <laughs> not just the people. I'm talking about the talk show host. Uh, <laughs> just Maybe just host. Uh, that wanted them fired after four or five games when they played a really Who's that? The camera? The camera? Uh, I think that's the guy's name. Yeah, I think that's the guy's name. Uh, one of them fired uh, after four or five weeks. Look at this. Look at who they played. You have a new coach trying to get to understand the players. There's two things that, that at least I've seen. Uh, and, John, I know you're there all the time. I just think that it's really difficult – to have a head coach have the players respect and like you. You can have one, you can have the other, but when you have both, that's pretty good. And I think he has both. Now, is it 100%? I can't say that if a guy, if a player doesn't play, uh, you know, he might be mad at the head coach. But I think he's got respect and they like him. And I think he's creative. Uh, you know, people ripped him for what they called the flower uh, meeting. Uh, it wasn't about flowers. The players <laughs> love that, by the way. The players love loved that speech. They loved it. They loved yeah. it. It was a great meeting and talking to the players. It was a great meeting. The hardest thing you have to do when they come back on Wednesday for obviously a regular week to get their attention. Most of the guys aren't. I'd say half the guys aren't paying attention. But you, when you get their attention, that's important. When he ran that, and that video was hilarious, this Peyton Manning Saturday night video he ran during a meeting and then I tweeted it when I went when I found out that he ran it and actually he told me that he ran it because you know he didn't care whether it was out there and it, it got out there anyway it's out there anyway it was out there anyway but I looked at that I can watch every time I watch it I left my ass off it's just unbelievably funny so he got their attention that's all you want you want their attention so he, he tries to be creative in that regard now he has to do it on the sidelines and the one thing that I try to do when I'm on the sidelines, obviously, I've got to watch the game. But I see how the coach responds to certain situations. And I look at the quarterback. Those are the two people I probably look at most when I'm down there. And I try to see how he reacts. I don't think he made uh, the right decisions all the time. But, again, nobody's perfect. I mean, the, the, the guy that everybody thinks is the best coach in the NFL, Bill Belichick, uh, he's not perfect, and he makes mistakes, uh, but, and he's not the best coach. I think Andy Reid's a better coach than Belichick is. Uh, but the reality is, yeah, is he perfect? No. Does he handle himself well without getting crazy down there? No. I, I mean, I think he, he, he stays under control, and that's the thing that I watch for. If a coach starts flying off the handle and kind of loses sight of the picture of what's going on, uh, then you've got problems. And I, I, I think he's, he handles that part of it well. I like his creativity. Uh, I like the fact that he's got the players that listen to him. Uh, his energy, I think most coaches have. You would think that Belichick doesn't have energy, but I'm sure he does when he, when he talks to his team. But he has those things working for him. Now, the expectations are higher. We get back to that part of it. But I think he's a good coach. He's the best guy. This is... And it's, it's a low bar. He's the best coach in Philadelphia uh, of the four professional teams. 
And I don't think yeah. anybody can dispute that. I mean, there's people have questions about Girardi. They certainly have Glenn Rivers. They have questions about Glenn Rivers. He's another fraud, another guy that's stealing money. Uh, and so, no, he's the best. But that, again, that's a low bar. But I think he's a good coach. Now, the second year is going to tell you if he can, he's another person, can he take it to the next level of being able to get everything he can out of his team? And he's lucky. He's not lucky. He's, he's fortunate enough to have veterans on the team that can take care of things. And when you have a, a young team throughout, uh, you, you, you can't win without. You can't win without veterans and without leadership. And he certainly has it in a lot of areas on that team. I mean, just digressing for a second, Sixers have no leaders. They're never going to win with this team. Uh, the Phillies, they have some good guys. Bryce Harper had a 60-second meeting after one game. I mean, Bryce has handled himself extremely well, and I didn't know him, but I, I watch him, and I think he's done a really good job. But they have no leaders there. And certainly, uh, you know, when you look at those two teams, no leaders, the Flyers are a disaster. So you got to have a leader, and the Eagles have it, and that helps the head coach, which will make him better as well, I think, at least in my opinion. Well, you mentioned that leadership and what you look for on the sidelines. You pay a lot of attention to the head coach and the quarterback. So let's talk about the quarterback and that marriage with Nick Sirianni, Howard. Um, I think, you know, the two and five start last year sort of is what the Eagles wanted to be offensively. They want to throw the football. We know Jeffrey Lurie believes that's the way you win consistently in the modern NFL. Uh, but I think Nick Sirianni did a tremendous job as a rookie head coach, adjusting on the fly, turning it into a run-first offense. But now they're playing a, paying a wide receiver $25 million. I, I think they want to get to the point where they can throw the football consistently, and that's going to be up to the quarterback more than the head coach. Where do you think this team is with Jalen Hurts? Because, look, if they could have got Russell Wilson, they would have got Russell Wilson. At the same time, they don't have interest in guys like Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo. or So they like Jalen Hurts to a certain degree. How much do they really like Jalen Hurts as the quarterback of this team? Well, it, they can say what they want. And they're, I mean, he's their quarterback. But do they have questions? Absolutely. I mean, that's why they... Uh, well, that's not why they got the extra draft pick next year, but they're in position to possibly do something if he's not guy. I do think they did want to throw the ball 35 times. Look who the head coach is. I mean, he's an offense. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, he knows that you need to throw uh, to score points, and you need to score points to win. And you need to have a defense, but you need to score points to win. But I also think he knew that you couldn't throw the ball 35 to 40 times with Jalen Hurts without getting yourself in trouble. So they were fortunate enough to be able to run the football. Uh, and the offensive line did a great job, and they took it as a badge of honor uh, to have the team rush for close to 200 yards or 200 yards every week. And, and that's important, but that's not the way that team can be structured this year. Not with A.J. Brown, not with Devontae Smith. We don't even mention Dallas Goddard. Uh, yeah. He's a tight end that uh, you know, have enough targets 
and they believe it or not, who has Watkins? You know, you, you don't really have to worry about third wide receiver. And, uh, I think he'll be the third wide receiver of Pascal, but they'll interchange them. And, and they'll use, um, why do I forget, the, uh, uh, the, the rookie running back, actually, the little guy. He's Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, Gainwell, right. Gainwell, they, they kind of use him as a slot receiver more so than a running back, or they like him in that position. I don't know how much they'll use him there. But they'll have different, different looks, but it all is centered around the passing game. So they need Jalen Hurts to not get himself in trouble 30, throwing 35 or 40 times. I mean, they, and they need him not to run as much. I, I, don't, I don't think it's good to call these RPOs. And he'll run on his own a lot of times, and he'll probably uh, audible into every once in a while, audible into an RPO because he probably doesn't feel comfortable with the defense he sees. But regardless of that, he's going to get hurt if he runs too much. It's just it's a fact of life. Look at all the running quarterbacks in the league. They, I think they've all gotten hurt. Even the Jalen got hurt. Yeah, Jalen got hurt. It's after the Tampa after the Tampa Bay game, he showed up with the boot on. He had surgery. I mean, yeah, if, and, you, and if you the, get uh, if you play that way, you get hurt. Yeah, the Baltimore quarterback got hurt. Uh, Kyler Murray, who's an, an idiot, besides everything else, uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want any parts of him. But he got hurt. You know, so you can't. That's just not the way uh, you are built in the NFL. You can't run like that because. You're going to get hit, and you're going to get hurt. So he's got to pass the ball better. Uh, the Eagles are hoping that he is the right quarterback, uh, but they're not 100% sure. And I don't think anybody is, and that's just being honest. And uh, if they were honest, uh, they would they would wonder where he is too. But they have to know this year. Because they're probably going to, if he's the guy, they're going to have to pay him. And eventually, you got to find out. Ronte Smoltz, he got two years left before he would get a contract. Uh, yeah. So, with AJ, you can't have two guys on your team that are $25 million a year. And by the time Devontae Smith is eligible, assuming he continues to make progressions, he's going to get a lot of money. They got to find out this year. Who's who's in and who's not going to be in, and the quarterback. It, with all the addition they make, it doesn't matter. You've got to have somebody that can do it at the quarterback position. I mean, that's not rocket science. It's obvious. Uh, you don't win. It's rare that you get to a Super Bowl with a quarterback as a step. I know that Jimmy Garoppolo got there. Uh, uh, John Gruden won with his Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he won one. Steve Dilfer got there, but uh, he didn't – I don't think he won it. Yeah, he no, Trent Dilfer Trent Dilfer. Yeah. yeah, he won it. He Trent. won it. That was the yeah. – yeah. The it's defensive-led Raven squad. Yeah, yeah, it's rare that you win a Super Bowl without it. Without All right, Howard, let me get... ask you about uh, Howie in this offseason. I said at the start of the show, he's checked off a lot of things on his to-do list. Well, one thing we don't get too often because we're always so focused on the players is the Eagles front office. They lost a couple of significant contributors before the draft even came around. We're still sitting in kind of limbo as to Andy Weidel as to whether he's going to be the Steelers' next general manager or not. Jeff Laurie said uh, two years ago, 
Uh, forget about quarterback factory. We're a GM factory. We've got five or six guys who are good enough to be a GM on our in our front office. They have lost some guys. Is Howie okay with where he is in the process of filling the voids left by guys who have left to go to the other organizations? I know he likes to talk about the fact that, hey, the entire offseason, give me the offseason, wait till we kick off week one and tell me whether I got all the players I need or not. Does he feel that same way about filling openings in his front office? Well, I'm sure, like he is with everything else, sure he's ahead of the curve and has identified people. If Andy Wilde leaves, I'm sure he already identified somebody. I think they have a couple more positions to fill uh, in that personnel in that front office department. Uh, the name model is important. And I think he used his and the scouts' information more so after the Jalen Rager pick. After that happened, he had to, he, he had to listen to them a little bit more. And from what I understand, he has. But yeah, I'm sure he's identified people. And uh, are they all the right people? You don't know until they get there. Uh, but, but I'm sure he's he's identified people. And, and I think Andy Weidel would be good. Uh, I don't know what. I guess I guess Pittsburgh's going to take their time. But the fact he's interviewed multiple times for the position shows he's he's right in there and he's got a shot. And, and, and if they lose him, sure, he's identified other people uh, again. Do we know how good these people are? I didn't know how good Andrew Burry was. I, I, you know, he's with Cleveland now. Uh, but obviously he was good here. Uh, he's done a nice job there. I think he did. I think he hired the head coach. Didn't he hire Kevin Stavansky? Yeah. I think he hired Kevin Stavansky. So I, I like Kevin. I think he's a good coach. Uh, he's identified that Baker Mayfield was the guy. Uh, I I mean, I, I'm not excited about the way they went about uh, trading for uh, Deshaun Watson. You know, in the NFL, nobody cares what people do off the field anymore. It's kind of sad. Uh, but the way they structured the contract to, to allow him to get paid that much money when you had that over his head and then He's on a one million dollar contract this year because he assumes he's going to get suspended. If I'm the NFL, and I know that there had been thoughts of this, don't suspend him this year. Say we haven't finished our investigation because they haven't gone through all the legal stuff, and he hasn't gone through it. And suspend him the following year when he's making forty some million dollars a year, so he gets hurt when he loses that game check. Not for one million, but for forty some million dollars. But they're, they're, but Cleveland fed into it. They were enablers in this whole situation. But he's certainly a better quarterback. Um, and, and, well, he wouldn't have been traded if he if he didn't have all those issues. But he's certainly a better quarterback. Again, I'm digressing from the point here. Andrew Burry and I saw him at the league meetings. You know, he's done a nice job. He, he, he's done a nice job. But again, the Eagles had did have people. Uh, Joe Douglas, people started to bury him. He's done a nice job with the Jets. I mean, this draft was, and he really had to do, now he had good draft picks, but he still had a maneuver. And he hopes, uh, it was Wilson is his quarterback. He just hopes he's the right guy. And uh, from what everybody thought, he could be the right guy. And he's got some more pieces to, to put that, that team together. So 
Yeah, but the Eagles will find a guy. There's, there, there are people out there, and they'll find a guy. Are they as good as the people they have? Initially, probably not, but he'll be fine. I think Howie will find somebody, and he's probably, like I said, already identified somebody. All right, probably not as good as Howard Eskin at Howard Eskin on Twitter. Listen to him uh, on WIP. You can watch him on Fox 29. Philly just had his 35th anniversary show. That uh, happened recently. Uh, you see him Saturday. You're doing the Eagles autism thing, right, Howard? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm riding the bike on Saturday, which I always do. And I, Riding the bike is just part of it. It's raising uh, money and uh I got to thank the people that have made donations. They can still make donations, and it's uh, they can go to my Twitter. Uh, Mike Trout was nice. He sent me uh, some game use stuff, and his bat went for fifty five hundred dollars in an auction. Nice. So he was really nice to send me this stuff, and he's always been. Uh, I talk to him when I see him at the Eagles games. We never talk baseball, and but he's always donated twenty seven hundred dollars for his number. I said, "It's great you donated the money, but if I get a game use bat, I think I." I know I can get more for it. He says, no problem. So I texted him and he sent me the bat and it was, it was, uh, it was great, but people have helped. Players have helped. People have helped. Everybody's helped. Uh, but I'll be riding the bike. And while I'm riding the bike, I'll go on live at different points in the, in the ride. I'll be hooked up with my phone on the bike and I'll go on and I'll, I'm going to count how many people try to run me down. Uh, oh, these people are aggressive because some people don't know are clueless they don't know what's going on when they see bikes going by they think it's just bike riders they don't know it's an event and they're and they're honking their horn and they're popping out of the intersection these people are it's and there's cops out there and they don't pay attention to the police so but i'll be out there saturday morning and uh i'll pop on wip I think Rob Ellis is working for me. I'll pop on WIP and uh, give updates on the race, and I'll keep a count of how many drivers try to run me down. <laughs> Who, who's going to take the king off his wheels? We shall see. Yeah. How is it, it, It's a great thing you're doing. We appreciate you hopping on board with us today. Stay safe out there, boss. Don't don't okay. don't let any of these guys take you off the road. No, it's just and the bike is getting. They designed the bike. It's got all kinds. It's got all my phrases on there. It's got a picture with a crown. Uh, the bike is a classic. Uh, so uh, they, they got it. If nothing else, don't hurt the bike. All right? Just don't <laughs> hurt the bike. <laughs> Go ahead. Take out the king, but don't hurt the bike. Howard Askin, right. thank you very much for hopping on with us. We'll talk to you again soon, bud. That is uh, the yeah. king. Howard Askin here with us on Bird's. 365 again from his palatial estate uh it's going to be hot back there even uh in in the shade that he has over the week night yeah it's going to be said hot the same on thing. saturday I, I knew it was yeah. going to be hot your yeah. guys are talking mid 90s on sunday yeah, yeah. uh mid 90s on saturday so luckily it's in the morning though so it's, it's still be relatively cool at least a little bit howard's going to be sweating out there on the bike uh that 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 may be a tougher thing to get over than those who are trying to pick off the king. Remember, if you take a shot at the king, you better hit him. Otherwise, you're in trouble. We appreciate the king hopping on with us. All right. McMullen and McDonald, the Mac and Mac guys, got to come back and put a bow on the show.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can you search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. A good football Friday here on Birds 365. McFarland and McDonald wrapping up a week. Uh, for all the guys on the stream and those who type in, thank you very much for uh, giving us your input. Uh, got a bunch of people saying, do John and Jody not hear how bad Howard's mic is? Yeah, no, we hear that. Uh, here's the deal. We have to make a judgment call. And either John or I could make it more so false to me because I'm um, leading the, the, the show. Uh if you cut a guy off, you say, hold on a second. Then you got to fill in while you try and reestablish the link. I've been doing this for years, both on the radio side and the last year on Bird 365. Sometimes you lose out completely, but the guy can't even reestablish. And then you lose the guest spot totally. Sometimes you do. You ask him, can we reconnect? They reconnect. And the connection is better. But you're rolling the dice. I did not think it was something that had become inaudible. Was it annoying? Yes, Howard's mic was annoying. Whether it was his Wi-Fi or his microphone or his setup, I don't know which. But it was annoying and it made it more difficult, not impossible. Sometimes you get to a point where it's just impossible and you don't listen. We'll try and reconnect with you because you can't hear a word the guy's saying. Howard's was just a little on the annoying side. We apologize for it. That's the technology. Sometimes it's going to happen if uh, you, you tuned out and came back in, whatever. We'll apologize for it, but uh, I I didn't want to. Yeah, plus I, I, I didn't want to lose Howard either, and people want to hear what Howard has to say, and I could understand it. So, you know, obviously you want as clean as audio as possible, so uh, I 
I assume everybody got what we got, Jody, and that was somewhat at least audible. It's not perfect, but you you do what you you can work with, basically, and you make a judgment call, and you know it's Howard Eskin. Let the king go. Right, and oh, by the way, he's just got to pay a little bit more to upgrade the Wi-Fi at the mansion. Yeah, he's got the police. Well, that, 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 what that, the hell, Howard? Come on, that's a legitimate. Uh, criticism. Come on, Howard. You're a king. Get, get the, the high. Get the top a little level. bit. Yeah. I don't know what service he's on, but he might have to upgrade. Yeah. No, Howard likes being outside. That's the key. So he can give you the latest updated weather, which means he is working off Wi-Fi, which sometimes works perfectly. And other times we have uh, connection issues. Uh, but thank Howard for coming on. Thank our buddy uh, Jason Cole for coming on earlier as well. All right, McMullen, you're not riding in the autism uh eagles autism are you you getting out there on the bike i am not getting out now if someone gives me the the howard eskin mac daddy bike i'll go out there and ride if someone wants to get uh, furnish me with that bike yeah why not i'm not gonna run it but i'll okay. ride it yeah i thought thought uh, there was a chance you could be riding slim chance and when now we know it's none uh but howard has been doing this for years so give him a lot of credit he's helped the eagles raise a lot of money for autism over the years uh so good on howard and we do appreciate him hopping on uh nothing happening other than the eagles autism and we'll have numbers for you how much they did raise uh it is a great charitable effort by the birds uh so we'll be back to talk about that and will there be any jesse bates slash Chuck Clark, safety information that comes down over the weekend. You're going to have to tune back here on uh, Monday to find out. Partner, have a good weekend. You back on Monday? I'm back on Monday. Stay cool, everybody. Stay cool. 97 degrees tomorrow, Jody. Crank that AC. Have it ready for us back here on Monday when Bird 365 returns in two and two days, that is. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.